we've been in a series called Blurred Lines, right? We track and we remember in this where the whole point of the series has been to, to find clarity, find truth in a culture that is filled with chaos and is telling us a million different things that are supposedly true. Now, here's my question for you. What book of the Bible have we been in for this? Anyone remember what book of the Bible we've been in for this? The main verse. Nope, it's not John. Nope. Jeremiah, come get your gift card. I'm going to set it right here on the front for you. We have been in the, the book of Jeremiah, right? And so if you'll remember, over like the last month, month and a half, we've talked about a lot of different things, right? We've talked about things like how Jesus is the way, Jesus is the truth, Jesus is the life. We've talked about how scripture is our source and standard for truth. And we've also uh, talked about why we can believe scripture as completely and fully true. Uh, but at the end of the day, it, it's all pointed back uh, to the book of Jeremiah, uh, chapter 6, verse 16. And here's what it says. It, it's on your notes. This is just to remind you where we're at, right? So it says, this is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your souls. But you reply, no, that's not the road that we want. Right, and you'll remember, like, the, the main takeaway over a lot of these weeks has been that, hey, we are at a crossroad. We are at a crossroad between Scripture and culture, right? That's where we're at, right? That, that's on your notes. Recap. We are at a crossroad. You are standing at an intersection between Scripture and culture where you have to make a choice. No one else can make that choice for you. I can't make that choice for you because i got to make my own choice. And the choice that we have to individually make is who are we going to allow to influence us? Or what are we going to follow? Right? Are we going to, to follow Jesus? Or are we going to follow culture in the world? Are we going to allow scripture to influence? Or are we going to turn to sources like Instagram and TikTok? Right? What is going to be our source for truth and how to live? Now, as we continue this series over the next couple weeks, uh, we're going to kind of take a different direction with this, but we're going to build upon what we've talked about, right? We, we have found why Scripture is our source of truth, and so we'll build off of this. And what we want to do is we want to talk about some questions that students have mentioned to us, right? And so that's what we'll do over the next couple weeks, uh, and tonight... Uh, we're going to look at a, a question that I've heard several students ask before, and, and that is, hey, what's the big deal about heaven, right? In the church, as Christians, we, we always talk about this thing called eternal life. We always talk about this place called heaven. Like, what's the big deal, right? Because culture, right, tells us, hey, you need to be chasing uh, the next like, the next trend, the next uh, tier of status, Right? But, but scripture teaches us that hey, heaven is a place of peace where, where there's no more chasing after things, where we're completely content and fulfilled. Right? And when we look at this question just like on the surface, we realize that there's a big difference between what culture says and what scripture teaches. Right? So culture says that hey, the only life is this life. Right? The only life is this life. Chase the trends. Chase likes chase status chase money 
right? Chase all of the things that you desire in the world. Go after all of those things. Don't worry about anything else because the only life is this life. That's what culture says. But, but Scripture teaches us something completely different, right? Scripture teaches us that, yes, we, we do have life today, but we also have life for all of eternity. Right, we, we do. You're living right now. But this life is temporary for you. Right? The, my life is going to end physically. And as my physical life ends, I'm going to be in eternal life. And so we see that there's a big deal about heaven. Because heaven is dealing not with the physical life, but with the eternal life, which will last longer than our physical life. Uh, tonight, uh, I want us to focus in on uh, the book of John, Gospel of John, uh, chapter 14. We're going to read verses 1 through 7. And some of this scripture is going to be familiar from the other things that we've talked about in this series. But I just want you to see that all of this builds off of what we've already talked about. Okay, so John 14, verses 1 through 7. Let's read this together. It'll be on the screens. It's on your notes. Here's what it says. Jesus is talking. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I'm going. And Thomas says, no, Lord, we, we don't know. We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? And Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would have known who my Father is. And from now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. So tonight, I, I want us to just, let's just dial in and look at three truths, three facts about heaven. And when we look at this passage, the first thing that we see is simply that, hey, heaven's a real place. Heaven is a real place. When we look back at uh, verses 1 and 2 there, it says, Hey, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? So Jesus is saying, look, I am going to my Father's home. And Jesus elsewhere teaches that, hey, his Father's home is heaven. Okay, And, and Jesus is saying, hey, he's going to prepare a place for us. So Jesus is saying, hey, heaven is real, right? Heaven is real. And, and I think a question that when we, when we think about heaven being real that we would naturally ask is, okay, if heaven is real, what is heaven like? Uh, and, and in the book of Revelation, I'm sure a book that you've read over and over and over again uh, and have understood clearly, uh, in chapter 21, verses 1 through 7, we get a glimpse of what heaven is is like. I want to read this together. It's on your notes on the screen as well. Here's what it says. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. 
And the one sitting on the throne said, Jesus said, look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. He also said, it is finished. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. So when we look at Revelation 21, there, there, it tells us a lot about what heaven is going to be like, right? And I think there's really four things here, right? And the first thing is, hey, heaven is a real beautiful place. Heaven is a real beautiful place that is consumed by the presence of God, right? Heaven is centered around the presence of God. You cannot go anywhere through heaven and not be consumed by the presence of God. But it says that it is real. It is beautiful, right? Verse 2 says, heaven is like a bride that is beautifully dressed. Now, look, I'm just going to be honest with y'all. I'm going to take advantage of this situation, this opportunity, and I'm going to score some brownie points, so just bear with me. All right, Elizabeth is sitting here. So I would, I would be mistaken not to, to show a picture of her on our wedding day. And here's what I'm just going to say. Yes, I'm scoring brownie points, but I, I genuinely mean this. If heaven is half as beautiful as this, that's going to be pretty sweet. I know. Uh, but, but seriously, right? Like heaven, Scripture says that heaven is as beautiful as a bride. And guys, you'll experience this one day. Girls, you'll get to be the bride one day. And, and what, what the Scripture is saying is, look, heaven is beautiful. And, and what I would tell you is, hey, whatever you picture as the most beautiful thing or person, magnify that. Right? Time's up by a hundred, and that's how beautiful heaven is going to be. Right? Heaven's going to be so beautiful, you cannot even comprehend what it's going to look like right now. Right? We also see in, in this passage in verse 4 that heaven is a place of no mores. Right? Heaven is a place of no mores. Verse 4 says, he will wipe away every tear. There's not going to be any more tears. Right? And there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All of these things are gone forever. Now, I just want you to think about this. Like, what if there was no more bullying? What if there was no more shame? What if there was no more suffering? No more getting your feelings hurt. No more gossiping. No more people talking behind your back. Right? Like, those are things that some of y'all are struggling with. No longer having to, to be disapproved of. Like, feeling that you're not enough. Right, the, the things that we struggle with, those, those things are no more. Right, there, there's no more tears, no more pain, no more death, or get this, no more anxiety, no more depression. Right, the, the real things that y'all are struggling with right now that are, are weighing you down, there's no more of that. So why is heaven a big deal? There's no more. Right, there's no more pain, no more separation from God, there's no more sin. And so heaven's a big deal because it's a place of peace and perfection, right? Heaven is a place of perfection and of peace, right? It, it, if you know the, the creation story of how God created the earth, 
Adam and Eve are in the Garden of Eden, right? And the garden is almost like a glimpse into heaven is the way I picture it. Because God created the garden perfectly. And it was a place of peace. Like Adam and Eve, they were kicking it, right? Like they're chilling, don't even have like clothes because they don't even realize that they're naked, right? They, they have jobs, but they're not even sweating, right? I, I went and worked out today and I'm sore. They're not even sore, right? They're, they're just kicking it back in the garden, relaxing, doing a little bit of work on the side, but it's peaceful. They're perfect. There's no arguing. There's no fighting. There, there's no shame or regret. They're just chilling. Right? God created the garden as a, a perfect place. And that is a glimpse of what heaven is going to be like. And here's the thing. A lot of you, you're chasing perfection. Right? You feel like in school, you got to be perfect. Some of you, you're like, look, I was, when I was in middle school, a middle school guy, like, probably some of y'all can relate to that. I, I knew I wasn't going to be perfect in school. My sister was striving for that, and I saw her walk through this. But a lot of us, we're, we're chasing this perfection where we feel like we have to live up to this standard. Right? If we don't get all A's, the world's just going to come crashing down and we're going to be a failure. That's how some of us feel. But here's the thing is, heaven is that place where you will be perfect. You will be restored to the, the perfection that God created you in. And so we can't chase that on earth and, and attain that on earth because heaven, or earth is a, an imperfect place. But heaven is a place of perfection and peace where, where you are perfect. And you don't have to worry about if you're ever going to be enough again. Because God says, hey, you are enough. And that is why heaven is a big deal. The next thing that we see in, in this uh, passage is that hey, heaven is our home. Heaven is your home. Heaven is my home. It says that God is going to make a place for us. Jesus and in, in John says, hey, I'm going to make a place for you in my father's home. Revelation says that God will live among his people. Right, so heaven is our home. When we look at uh, Matthew 6, right, it says don't store up treasures here on earth, but rather store your treasures in heaven where they cannot be destroyed. Right, when we realize that heaven is our home, it's a big deal because it changes our perspective on how we live life on this earth. Right, when you're chasing status and perfection and likes and and money, or whatever it is, right, it's all going to go away. You, could, you can put all your money into a bank account, and it could disappear like that overnight. That's just the reality. What you build up on earth can come crumbling down in an instant, right? You've, you've, you may have felt that before, or you've worked to build up popularity, or you've worked to build friendships, and then it seems like overnight friendships come crashing down. All of a sudden, you're no longer friends, and it's like, what happened? Right, some of you have experienced this. But here's the thing is, when heaven is our home, we're focused on building up in eternity, not on earth. Right? Revelation 21.3 says, I heard a loud shout sitting from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. Heaven is your home. You are going to live as a believer in Christ in the presence of God. 
All right, so the first thing is heaven is a real place. The second thing that we see in the, the Gospel of John is, is, I think, a really comforting truth. And that is heaven is available for everyone. This, this is great. This is good news. All right, heaven is available for everyone. It says uh, in verses 1 through 3, hey, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God also in me. There's more than enough room in my father's home. If, the, if this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me. There's nothing in there that God says, hey, I'm only going to prepare a place uh, for one group of people and not for the other. Right? Heaven is available for everyone. Right? We also, the, likely the most popular verse in the Bible, John 3, 16. Right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that, what's that word? Say it, say it louder. Everyone, right? So that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Right? That, that's not confined to one group of people, right? He doesn't just say so that if the Americans believe in him or the people in Colorado believe in him or the people that go to Castle Rock Middle School believe in him, right? That's not what it says. It says so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, right? Heaven is available for everyone. And what we see is that Jesus didn't die on the cross for someone. Jesus did not die on the cross for someone. He died for everyone. Yes, Jesus died for you. But he also died for the person sitting next to you. Look at him. Look at the person next to you. Jesus died for them. Now, I would sit here and say, okay, if Jesus died for you and also died for them, how are you treating that person? That's, a, that's a, a message for another day. But look, everyone means anyone. Everyone means anyone. And the good news in this is, hey, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you're currently doing. It doesn't matter what your background is or where you're at. Heaven is available for you. Heaven is available for you. And that also means, because it, it means everyone is anyone, that heaven is diverse. Right? Heaven is diverse. Right? D diversity today is a big thing in culture. Heaven is a diverse place. There are all cultures, all ethnicities, all races in heaven. Period. It's a diverse place. There are men and women all types of people in heaven, right? It is available for everyone. But while it doesn't matter where you're coming from, there is something that does matter. And it, what matters is the choice that you're going to make, right? You may have a, a rough past, but how you choose to live into a relationship with Christ and live into the future, that matters, because here's the third thing, is heaven is exclusive. Heaven's exclusive. Whoa, wait, wait a minute. You said heaven's for everyone. It is. Heaven is for everyone. Well, that doesn't make sense. It, how can heaven be for everyone but also be exclusive? Right? Exclusivity means people get left out. It does. It sure does. Heaven is exclusive. When we look at John 14, 6, it says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. 
right? And, and later in that passage and also in Revelation, what is heaven? It's God's home. It's God's home. So no one, we could rephrase that and say, hey, no one gets to heaven except through Christ. Now, here's the thing is God provides the opportunity, right? Heaven is for everyone because God provides the opportunity to everyone. But what falls on you is the choice. God provides the opportunity, but you have to make the choice. Am I going to live for Christ or am I going to live for culture? And here's the thing, we can tell based on your actions and the way you're living your life, the choice that you've made. We're saved by our faith, but our actions represent our faith, represent our salvation. When we're saved, our actions change. Everyone has the opportunity, but you have to choose to follow Christ. Or when we read in the book of Romans, uh, chapter 10, 9 through 13, it's pretty clear about this. It says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you were made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith, by living out your faith, that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You have an opportunity that God has given you, but you have to make a choice. And scripture is clear. The only way to heaven, the only way to heaven is through Jesus. That's it. The only way to heaven is through Jesus. Now, here's what I want you to leave tonight knowing. I want you to know that God desires for you. God desires for everyone to experience eternal life with him. God wants you to be in heaven. That is the whole reason he sent Jesus to die on the cross. God sent Jesus to die on the cross because he wants you in heaven with him. But you have a choice. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord isn't being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. 2 Peter says, hey, the Lord is trying to give people time. In the message, it says, in the end, he's holding back because he doesn't want anyone lost. He doesn't want anyone lost. He's giving people space and time to change their decision. You have to make a choice. So why is heaven a big deal? It's a big deal because it deals with our eternal life. It's a big deal because it it deals with your eternal life. And I know we haven't touched on it throughout this whole message But there's an alternative to heaven. There is. Heaven is a place of peace and perfection, free of anxiety and worry. But there's an alternative that is filled with separation from God, that is filled with anxiety. 
If you want to live eternity in anxiety, choose to follow culture. It's just going to be real. If you want to live an eternal life in anxiety, in regret, in shame, choose to follow culture. We don't want that for you. What we want is for you to have an eternal life that is filled with perfection and peace. A beautiful place where you don't have to worry, where you're sitting in the presence of God. But Revelation 21.8, right at the beginning of when it tells us what heaven is like, here's what it says. This is just the real truth. It says, but cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, worship idols, and worship other gods, and all liars. Their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. There is heaven, but there is also hell. There's two realities. And what we want for you is to experience eternal life with Christ. And so when we look at the two ways that culture says how to live your life and what scripture teaches, we want you to see clearly the truth. Because culture says, hey, this is the only life that you need to worry about. Chase your desires. Chase after the trends. But what scripture says is when you do that, you're wasting your life. And you're making a decision that's going to cost you an eternity. And scripture says, hey, if you will just chase after God, live for Christ, then yeah, you might lose a couple things in this life, but what you're going to gain is an eternity in heaven. Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this evening. I thank you for these students. Thank you uh, uh, for spring break and just the, the, the rest that we could have, uh, the, the adventures and the memories I know were made, the vacations that were went on. Lord, I, just, I thank you for times like that where we can rest. But Lord, I also thank you for times like tonight where we can open your word together and, Lord, read Scripture. Lord, and have you challenge us on the choice that we're going to make. And Lord, I pray that you would give these students clarity as to what the truth is, why heaven is a big deal, why heaven matters, why it's important, and why the choice that they have to make is the most important decision that they will make in their life. And Lord, I, I pray that you would give them the courage and the strength, Lord, to, to say, I choose a relationship with Christ over a life consumed by culture. And so, Lord, if any student here doesn't know you tonight, Lord, I pray that you would speak to their hearts, convict them of their sins, Lord, and, and, and show them your love, grace, mercy, and redemption. Lord, we, we just thank you for the opportunity that we have to be redeemed, to be forgiven, and to have eternal life in heaven. It's in your name we pray. Amen.